You're listening to the Journeys of Scientists podcast put on by MSU WAMPS. These are casual conversations with graduate students in a variety of fields to learn about their experiences, research, and what brought them to where they are today. To keep up to date with future WAMPS events, be sure to check out our website at WAMPS.org and follow us on social media. We are MSU WAMPS on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On this episode, we're joined by Sarah Castle. She is a mathematics education PhD candidate and mathematics master student who is studying the impact of computation on undergraduate students' mathematical creativity and understanding. Hope you enjoy. Welcome, Sarah. Could you briefly introduce yourself? What is your area of study here at MSU? Yeah, so my name is Sarah Castle. I'm currently a PhD candidate in the program for mathematics education. Um, and also, uh, I'm finishing up my master's in mathematics at the same time. Okay. So is mathematics education in like a different space than just like pure mathematics in terms of like department and all that? Yeah, so um, my program sits at like the intersection of the College of NatSci and the College of Ed. Um, so we're technically split over the two. Uh, so we're a little bit like a nomad. But um, yeah, my kind of my ties are especially in the mathematics department, but also in the CMSE department, um, since that's kind of where my research bridges. Okay, what is your research area and how does that connect with CMSE? Yeah, so um, what I'm really interested in is using computation enacted through coding in order for undergraduate students to learn mathematics. And so the computation and coding portion um, is really done well in the CMSE department. And so what's really neat about it is um, it's taking the principles and like the syntax, but then using it in order to accomplish a task. And so it's not just learning for loops, but they have really great connections to the different disciplines. And so that's kind of how mine meshes in. Oh, okay. So are like these students who are like, are these programming students or these people who are in other fields and they're just like applying programming or computation in those spaces? Yeah. So um, with the population of students that I work with in um that actually for a research project I'm recruiting from in CMSE 201, these are students that are either in the CMSE major or data science major, or they're kind of like, it's also a service class of bringing together all these students from different majors. Okay. Okay. And so, uh, so you're really like bridging all the gaps. You got like CMC, you got math, you got math education in there. You're just like all over the place. Yeah, basically I don't want to say I can't decide, but it's more of a, it just hits perfectly with the intersection of my background and what I love to study and the ed side of things. Yeah. So if you're getting your PhD in math education, does that mean you're more interested in like education research or rather like you want to go into teaching after this? So when I started, definitely wanted to go much more into teaching, um, kind of had my path laid out. And then I discovered how much I loved education research. And so now the goal would be to be within like a department like math or CMSE and to to conduct research um, on undergraduate students and how they learn math. Okay. So did you always want to be 
a math person? Like, was that what your undergrad was in? Uh, so my undergrad was engineering physics and math. Um, also threw in a French minor, because why not? Uh, but everything was done computationally. And then I actually went, um, started the PhD program in aerospace engineering. Classes were fine. Um, it was out actually in Jersey, uh, out at Princeton. And the classes were fine. The research, I kind of had this moment where I was like, wait, I can tell you um, like how to use electric propulsion to go from point A to point B, but why am I telling you that? Or like, what, like, is this what I want to be doing long-term? Um, and I really miss the mathematical modeling side of things. I realized that that was much more my passion was on uh, the underlying mathematical models. And so with that, I ended up deciding, um, I was looking at different programs, found out I could do a PhD in math ed. And so it seemed like the natural intersection because I'd always wanted to get my PhD to then become an undergrad prof. So it seemed like the perfect kind of mesh and I found MSU and have loved it ever since. Okay. Okay. So your path was kind of all over the place. Like you did undergrad in math and then you went to aerospace engineering and now you're back here doing math and math ed and CMC. You're just all over the place. Yeah. I mean, the the underlying kind of thread through everything is basically I've always wanted to be a prof and look at um, the intersection of kind of engineering and math and computer science. And so now it's just my research is focused on, well, how do students learn that? And so each of those steps kind of had an element of that in it. Okay. And it seems like all the math that you're doing is real, like applied sort of stuff, you know, sort of in like a engineering or sort of like context, as opposed to like a mathematics person who's doing like theory or very like abstract mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, so definitely in my courses, I've done both, um, kind of like the analysis series, some of those courses, um, theoretical PDEs, uh, but where my passion probably is, is more in the applied side. Um, okay. That being said, the research that I do um, isn't necessarily st- strictly for um, theoretical math, because even there's like some really cool work being done where using coding for students to kind of engage in combinatorics and for them to actually develop the underlying formulas of things. Um, but yeah, definitely my focus is probably more on the applied side. Yeah. Where did you do your undergrad? Oh, I was out at Whitworth University. It's a small university in the Pacific Northwest in Washington State. Okay, so then you were also all over the place too, just locationally. <laughs> yep, I started one coast, jumped over to the other coast, and then ended up in the Midwest. Kind of fair. split the difference. Fair, fair, fair. Are you originally from the Pacific Northwest area? Yep, yeah, from Spokane, Washington. Oh, so. very nice, very nice. It's possible I'll go over there in a couple months. Oh, I love it. It's wonderful. The Our like slogan is near nature, near perfect. Um, so it's, it's pretty great. I might have a slight bias though. All right. Yeah. I'll keep you, I'll contact you again about like, Oh, where should I eat or do there? (laughs) Oh yeah. I definitely have a whole list. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Okay. And so then why did you end up at a smaller, like that institution? So this is, um, so some things happened my senior year, but, um, 
basically, so my mom actually was a prof there. And so she taught there, which meant that I got tuition remission there. Uh, and I realized that not having student loans from undergrad would be really nice. Um, and so I ended up applying there and it, and I loved the on-campus portion. Um, and so it just fit. So I ended up going there. That's fair. Did you do any like researchy things while you're there or any sort of like extracurriculars? Yeah, I <laughs> definitely did. So I had a series of kind of like three different internship REU type things over the summer um, between my freshman and sophomore, sophomore and junior, junior and senior years. And so, uh, and these were all kind of set up by my, um, or not set up, but my first one was actually with one of my profs from, he taught my uh, physics one course and some other courses. And so he was having um, a summer research appointment where we were looking at uh, mission evaluation for different electric propulsion um, ion thrusters. And so I started off there and did a summer of that and then used that to springboard um, over to NASA Glenn and worked on modeling fluid flows uh, for basically when astronauts are in microgravity. And then the final summer, I switched over to Princeton Plasma Physics Lab um, and did uh, like a internship in plasma physics. Okay. So then is that how you ended up there again after you graduated? Yeah. So I ended up meeting with people in the department and I used that summer since I was looking at grad school to make some connections um, and really liked the feel of the university, really enjoyed the faculty and staff there. Um, and so it seemed like a good fit. Okay. Very nice. Were you involved with like any other sort of like clubs or activities or anything oh, yeah. like that? Um. So I was involved. We started up uh, what was called the Physics and Engineering Collective, I think is what the official name was, um, basically just as a way for students to be able to come together um, from physics and engineering. And so we had different speakers. We had social events. Um, and so that was definitely a lot of my time went there. Um, yeah, I think that was one of the main ones. I was trying to think what else I did in undergrad. Yeah. It's been a while. How how long were you at the Princeton group? Uh, two years. Okay. Yeah. So between my first and second year, I was out at Argonne National Lab uh, working and did um, kind of like some mathematical modeling out there and loved it. And that's actually what made me realize how much I missed the math side of things and really the coding and algorithm side of things and kind of missing those two um, and realizing that that was what I loved rather than the content area. Okay. So came back and started looking at maybe switching programs and then I found MSU. Okay. So after those two years, you went straight into grad school at MSU? Yep. Okay. And then how did you end up here, I suppose? Yeah. Um, so I started... I don't even know how I somehow ended up at like a math ed PhD website. And then I was like, okay, so this is a thing you can do. So then I started Googling what are the different schools that are offered. And I found um, a couple rankings of uh, research and undergraduate math ed and what are some of the best grad schools. And so I basically 
went off of that since I wasn't really sure um, of the field as much. And Michigan State was at the top. And so I figured I would apply there. And when I came, I just really loved the faculty. My now advisor was just amazing. Both him and his wife were in the department at the time. Um, and it was less of a, yeah, we think you can come and you can teach some courses and, you know, this will be good. But rather it was like, oh, you know, here is how it can play out. Here's how I see you being an integral part of this research area. And so it was a really cool, really cool fit. Very nice. And so then how was it, you know, moving from, you know, West Coast to East Coast now to like here? Like, how has that been? Yeah, West Coast to East Coast was a bit jarring initially. Um, And even Midwest, because I was used to dry heat. And all of a sudden, there's this thing called humidity. And it's gross. It's gross. Yeah, (laughs) was not a fan of it. Um, But yeah, I think the first transition was a little bit hard just in the fact that I had some really phenomenal friends and colleagues from undergrad. Um, and so having to form like new study groups and new friends to go do things with um, was something that I hadn't really thought about just because it was such like I'd had four years with these people. And so that transition, um, less of like the actual geographical, but more of just like just that life transition in general. Yeah. So like, what do you do in your, in your free time when you're not working or doing school and stuff? (laughs) Yeah. um, Well, so I have two cats. So I will say that definitely some time goes there. Um, They're adorable and love to adventure. Um, They actually have little harnesses and they love going outside and exploring. So it's kind of adorable. Um, (laughs) But then I love um, crafting and I have some different groups that I'm a part of and a small group. And I love going um, biking and swimming and doing outside things. Um, Yeah, as well as actually uh, there's like a social group in CMSE. And so we go and do fun things and we'll even be able to hang out tonight and have a happy hour. So. Ooh, very nice. Very nice. Mm -hmm. What are the kitty cats names? Uh, Salsa and Nova. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> I'm <laughs> guessing, did you play a role in naming those? Uh, Nova, yes. Salsa, no. So she actually came with the name and we tried to come up with a different name for her. And for some reason, the name just stuck. So it worked well. Um, she's now, unfortunately, the butt of some of the jokes because the vet said she was a chunky salsa. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're they're adorable. They're crazy, but adorable. Very nice. Very nice. I saw in the thing that you sent me, you like to go camping. Where do you go oh, camping? Yes. Um, so I've been, uh, let's see, I've been down in like Indiana, Illinois, and a little bit outside of Michigan in some places close. Um, but that's one of the things that I'm hoping the end of this summer and like into fall is actually to adventure up more north into the Upper Peninsula. Mm. Um yeah, I definitely camped a lot more in the Pacific Northwest just because I knew places and also there were trees and mountains. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was very shocked. And all of a sudden I was like, wait, it's a grass field and we're calling this camping. Like no offense to anyone who loves that. I'm sure it's a great time, you know, bonfire s'mores, all the good things. Um, I just really love like mountains and that piece. 
Yes, yes. Yeah, we went um the very first time I went to the UP was um maybe about like two months ago and we went camping there. And so that was super nice. cool. Um so that was it was a little bit different than like down here in Cornland, but it's <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um but yeah, no, super cool, super cool. Um what's your like favorite camping thing that you do? Is there like Ooh. a peak? tradition or anything so a lot of times uh after going out and hiking for the day um we come back and one of like the meals that we make is flame grilled steak and it's just like my favorite it's the best just cooking steak over an open campfire and it always just tastes amazing and that's just probably and then we play board games for the rest of the night so it's a good very nice very nice very nice sounds like a fun time um, yeah. So are you like involved with any sort of like extracurriculars or anything like that now during grad school? Um, so I was involved in uh, like our, our programs GSO or our graduate student organization. Um, and so I worked as the social chair um, in terms of organizing different events and getting uh, the community to come together, especially during pandemic times. Um, especially during that first year where there was a lot of uncertainty. And then I'm also involved in a group called Grad IV and a small group. And so those are really great and just a close-knit group of students. Um, and then trying to think, I was like, what else do I do? Um, those are probably the main ones. And then I also uh, have served on like our colloquium committee as well um, to bring in different math ed speakers for our program. Yeah. How far along are you in your program here? So I finished four years and next year will be my final year, at least assuming everything stays on track. That's what you're telling yourself? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I will be on the job market this fall and spring. So that'll be a new experience for me. Very nice. Very nice. What, What? So you're still thinking of like doing prof sort of stuff, you know, in this ed research role? Yeah, I think I would love, so especially in math ed and kind of computing education, postdocs are becoming a little bit more common. And so I would absolutely love to do a postdoc for a couple of years, um, just especially to be able to get some of the stuff out and publish just because each of the years um, I had a really class intensive schedule. And so I'm a little bit behind on the publishing side, like I have stuff kind of backlogged just because of... um, the demands of each semester. And so having that time to devote to research and solely research would be phenomenal. Yeah, very, very cool. Very cool. Um, how was, so I also know that you are married now. How long has that mm-hmm. been? Yeah, um, so I got married actually between my first year and my second year. Um so actually in 2019 summer, and then we had the pandemic hitting in spring of 2020. Um, so it was definitely a, like, just diving right into it. Um, but it has been phenomenal. Uh, so my husband, when he was um, my boyfriend and then fiance at the time, uh, we had done long distance almost for everything because he's originally from Indiana. And we met when I was down in Chicago working at Argonne National Lab. And so um, 
even that was like a drive, but then it was Jersey to Indiana and then Michigan to Indiana. Um, so it was just really great to be in one place, but it's been honestly phenomenal having just a partner and everything. Um, and especially for someone who has like imposter syndrome or other pieces to have somebody else to be able to talk it through with has been, um, a really great experience. Yeah. Yeah. I'm got, I'm happy for you. I was, yeah, I was just like wondering, like, you know, that always seems like it's a difficult type of thing, especially in like academia, like, Oh, I'm moving every few years and we're doing new things. How are we both doing this? Yeah. It definitely provides like a little bit of a constraint in, in a sense, but, um, really his passion is working with communities, whether through nonprofits or kind of, um, in the like community outreach role. And so he's worked kind of on the education side of things, but also is now working on, um, uh, energy efficiency and kind of like the consumption in different programs to help minimize that. Um, and so he's really flexible in where he, he ends up, which is nice. Um, and so that's something that I definitely appreciate because that way it at least minimizes some of the strain of like the two body problem for post PhD. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Sort of wrapping things up a little bit. I like to ask people if you have any advice or tips of wisdom that you would give either, you know, undergraduates thinking about going to grad school or like first year grad students can adapt into that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think one of the things that I would definitely say would be um, everybody has different strengths and different weaknesses. And so it's okay to ask for help. Um, and most people, if you talk to them, are a lot of times also struggling. I know in one of my classes, I thought I was the only one. Um, and then I come to find out like everyone was really struggling in that class and trying to learn the material. And so knowing that you're not alone and like reaching out for those options and especially, um, if you are struggling mental health wise to reach out to uh, if your school has like therapy or counselors or any of that, like make use of that. Um, and also there's a lot of free things that universities offer, but it's not necessarily advertised well to grad students. And so like, even just this year, I discovered the, that grad students can use like the pools on MSU campus for free. Um, and things like that, that just help remind you that you are more than grad school. Um, Cause that's one of the things that's really hard sometimes is when your identity kind of gets wrapped up in it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then, so like, how is that um, transition for you considering that like MSU is very large compared to like <laughs> your undergrad and then like even Princeton's not necessarily big, <laughs> but it's definitely yeah. not, not my undergrad size. Yeah, that was a little bit of a a transition point for me. Um, I think where it really showed up was in my understanding of what a math department does and what it should do and some of those pieces. Um, just because I was really lucky to have a small department where I got to know the students and the faculty really well. And so coming to terms with, I'm not going to know all my students well, and I'm not going to know everyone in the department. Um, but really investing in the relation, excuse me, the relationships that I did have uh, was something that kind of changed. Um, 
yeah, but I've gotten to write letters of rec for my students and it's been great. Um, and I, I've really loved it. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Yeah. How was that experience? Be like, oh, someone wants me to recommend them. <laughs> uh, it feels stressful yet honoring at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And the ones that have asked um, have all been ones where it was like really easy to do in a sense. Um, and it was really cool to see some of my students and like the opportunities that they had and um, yeah, just getting a chance to help others see what you see in these students is just really great um, to help try to overcome some of the barriers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great. Thank you for coming on. It was great talking with you. Thanks for having me. It's been great.